So we have the occasion of a, a group retreat. Um, it's to begin to learn about creating a, a form, a temple, something sacred, something that's not just about personal this and that, but um, places. This is steady, this is reliable, this is on firm ground. This is not caught up with worldly ways. When we dwell within that temple, we enter the Dhamma. Obviously, the particular, you know, times and places and routines of group retreat are kind of arbitrary in a way, and perhaps don't fit everybody's body rhythms. But, you know, we're learning also, just, okay, let's just soften, loosen, see what we can do to, you know, not get lost too much in the details, but get a sense of this solidity and there's a, a commitment and there's a space and a silence. So picking up the correct sign, the sign is you know what to do, <laughs> so that, to figure. May not be exactly what you wanted, da, 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 but the main thing we want is steadiness, to be able to relinquish the flitterings of choosing this, that, and the other. So you pick up, discard the negative sign, pick up the positive sign. And the silence now, sometimes it, it's not even this situation, it's not actually total silence, but it's saying that's the emphasis and the encouragement. But again, it's not like thou shalt not ever speak. <laughs> but really, you know, it's a freedom, uh, you know, but we have to look up carefully the sign of, you know, of uh, some kind of suppressive constraint and pick up the sign of opportunity to. It's silent. So there's just less input, less data, less reverberation, less emotional stimulation. And maybe that's useful. You know, like anything, when we come from an active situation, there's a kind of jolt of world. And then, oh yeah. Oh yeah, and then give it time. I like the silence. It's not a kind of cold silence or a suppressed silence, but a silence that's vibrant with attentiveness, alertness, sensitivity. Just because of that absence of data. So instead of being the chitter being loaded, it's kind of relieved in that sense. Oh, yeah. Oh. So we put aside the negative sign, suggestion, implication, pick up the positive. Mm. Safe. Mm. So reliable, safe, looked after, supported.
you know, incredible really. I look in a world of such such violence and such precariousness, such fragility for all beings, you know, humans, animals, everything. Yeah, we feel no one will violate, no one will betray, no one will stab, no one will gossip. If even it slips out, there's a sense of regret and apologising and clearing it. Oh, that's pretty powerful sign. Mm. So, because one may feel, you know, get passive, you know, I like to be a bit more dynamic. And da, da, da. <laughs> Just uh, pick up the positive sign. The mind can do a different. Mind is a trickster. It plays all kinds of things, and it's so much under the grip of habit, and uh, not even conscious habit can be ingrained habitual energies. It's always not decisions. It's just energies are just you know quite irregular, and we get jitter gets gripped by that. It really fundamentally gripped. It's not a decision. I guess that's what happens. And one needs to work with that carefully because it doesn't just break. It's got to be eased out of by bringing a skillful sign. You, know, you can't do it through... Jitta does not obey orders. Absolutely. It doesn't when, it, when you give it an order, it just feels shocked. <laughs> but it, or, or, or held, gripped hard by the sense in which, uh, look, taste this. Don't taste this. Yeah, I know. Taste this. Just taste this. Pick up the skillful sign for your, one's own welfare. And this act of faith to do so, to cultivate that relinquishing property that we all have. We can all let go of something. We can always pause on something, pause on a reaction. Let go into, we have that capacity, otherwise there would be no possibility for liberation there. That's where you, the temple of your practice, begin to learning that, and of course, you know, we begin to get those themes, and then, you know, when the group retreat subsides or whatever that form subsides in, maybe we've learned something about how we build and how to do the, how to keep those that practice going. Discard the unskillful, pick up the skillful. The skillful is a sign. I mean, it's not like I tell you to do this, you do that. No, no, that's not it. It's something that that's 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 an obvious manifest object, you know, a rule or something like that. The sign is something that jitta produces. 
not an external, it's an internal thing that generally produces a sense of delight, for example, or a sense of apprehension. Yeah. And then the, so you're looking for the, the, the signs that really support this, what's called um, ekagata, one-pointedness. You know, that's where you're building. You're building a sense of a definitely placed there, solid. And this term, ekagata, one-pointedness, the Buddha himself, when he was beginning to cultivate, he said, you know, kind of like, oh, my mind, this way, that way, this way, that way, in the worldly ways, household life, family, da-da-da. You know, oh, just kind of, this is just a hassle. Oh, it's my mind buzzing around here and there. So I established one-pointedness. He's like, get to the point. <laughs> what are you going to do now? Get to the point. It's faffing around and debating and arguing and ifing and butting and just to feel the energy of all that. And that just drains everything of, of strength. It's, it's weak, it's sapped. Mm. This is having then right, resolute. Then he establishes mindfulness. Interesting that sequence because you know that quality of gagata, one point is a kind of theme that runs through our lives, should run through our lives as a general sense of a purposeful intention. <clears throat> but you know, a term like that can be considered to be something that occurs, you know, only when you meditate, you focus your mind on one particular point, like point in your body. In other words, it's an attention uh, aspect. It's a function of attention to, to focus on a single point. Uh, it doesn't seem so. It seems more like a function of intention to have a certain aim in mind, a certain sense of purpose. Mm. Mm. Then that can run through, can't it? You know, like if you're doing, like in the Satipatthana, say you're walking, sitting, scratching, leaning, doing all kinds of stuff. You can't kind of go through your life focusing on this bit and that and the other. <laughs> That's not one point. If you have that one point of intention, drop unskillful stuff, put aside what's not necessary, pick up what's skillful, where your sense of, hmm, yeah. And you know, stay, stay with that. <laughs> and it could be the sense of um, composure is important, thoroughness is important, mindfulness is important, relinquishment is important, uh, cultivating qualities of non-aversion, uh, non-brutality in speech, body and mind. Qualities, cultivating qualities of empathy in body, speech and mind, where we regard each other, another being with a mind inclined towards, okay, there's a being, there's a being, just like me, they get annoyed, just like me, they get sad, just like me, they want this, okay, we all know that. 
So let's avoid the righteousness and the finger pointing. Mm. You know, which always can create problems. And start with that. See if we can go from there. Because at least it's going to give me, my chitta, a place to stand. You know, independent of the tides of the world. I'm independent of that judging and measuring and running around and can't stand this and want that kind of stuff. Then you go firm. And your firmness is not limited to a particular place in, in your body or even a, to a whole kind of firming attitude and intention. Not dither, complicate, get meshed up in details. You just pick up the sign of getting meshed up, getting tangled, getting overcomplicated. Just Whoa, back off, you know, what's going on here. Mm. And sometimes these are good intentions. Remember, something worked out, make it right, make everything good, fine. Good intention, but mm, wait a minute. This is getting complicated, a tangle. This is another way of just step back and say, well, maybe just that and that, the rest will sort itself out. It will come we get to the key points. Get to the key points like okay, this is necessary, that could be useful, this somebody else's responsibility, this is worth thinking about, this is not my issue. Remember, I mean, this uh, going to the in the previous eras in Amravati, and a couple of offices, and the two monks in different offices. And one monk, his office, it was full of box files. Box files opened up, you know, because those were used a lot more paper then. Box files, you know, books, computer, things like that. It's full of stuff. Desk full of stuff. And working out whether this and the other. Mm-hmm. Two phones. In the other office is one, one sheet of paper, about less than A5 with five notes on it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, the person wasn't inefficient, they just, this, that's, that's the point. We've got the ability to trim right down <laughs> to the key target points and just place those, and that's what we need to do today. <laughs> See where it's going to unfold. That's a skill. It is a skill, but then leaving that, what does it result in, you know? If we really get to these key points, you know, what's, what's important now, what could be, is it anything possibly that could be discarded? <laughs> That's the way I like to think about it. I mean, my mind's def- definitely capable of complexities. But 
then one loses this rather marvellous, rare and sacred quality of a spacious mind. And that, that spacious mind's got room to be flexible, to move, to shift, to listen, to turn. It's not hemmed in by its memories and constraints. It's got plenty of room to move. What it needs to turn to. It's got room to stand. It's got a comfortable place to stand in. So things aren't nudging it and fretting it and elbowing it and pushing it. <laughs> you know, you away (laughs) so I I like to just try does not have to not think about things I don't need to think about and that's a constant measuring you know what you know being responsible what really needs to be thought about what doesn't need and look out for that's possible to my mind can think a lot. It's possible because they don't need to pick up that piece of information. You know. Particularly at you know, my age. Look, you're in, you're in the departure lounge, you know, waiting for your bus out of here. You don't need any more stuff. <laughs> you don't need a lot more knowledge. It's, you know... Yeah, for the space. You pick up that that trait, that tendency. First, because of one point in us. Then with so this is prior to sati mindfulness. I mean, okay, if we you know, we can debate that, but certainly. It's, it means mindfulness got, look, just the four foundations, establish those. What you can get in those, your choice, what you want to deal with. Get those established. And then what you want to put inside that temple to work on, your choice. You, you, you do some figuring. <laughs> you know, in this Sampajano, contemplating the arising and passing things, things moving along. Jnana, just pure knowingness, and then Banya, discernment, double vijaya, investigating, exploring. That's useful. Necessary, unnecessary. Where does that go? Where does that go? And just begin to house clean. And that's something that's a daily chore, just like we sweep our kutis, our halls, our paths daily. It's like you wash your body daily, clean your teeth at least once or twice a day. You've got to keep this process going because stuff tends to come in. But then, cultivating that principle, you recognize, you know, how much, it, how you, how you govern your attention. So you don't take in what you don't need to take in. Again, this is an exploration, isn't it? But essentially, the Buddha says, what do you not give attention to? You don't give attention to to qualities, signs that generate unskillful dhammas. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) 
walking out. <laughs> you know, it's not creating a kind of taboo list. You, you look at your own hot spots. <laughs> you know, you get riled up about something. <laughs> Snarled up about something. Just, just, <laughs> engrossed, intoxicated by something, fascinated, just... Mm-hmm. Is that so? That's you know learning, isn't it? Mm. So cultivating that attention, retreat time, just as a practice, just recognizing some just visual, visual contact. When you begin to cultivate mindfulness of the body, just being able to move, really soft focus on the eyes, so not darting around picking up all kinds of bits and pieces. You know? yes. Feel your body moving, you know where you are, just turn things down. The eye is, is a very restless organ, it definitely does. This detail data picks up. That's our primary function of attention, uh, primarily goes out through the eye, so it's very good at picking up bits and pieces. Everything you pick up is going to have some feeling associated with it, going to affect it. Mm. Going to get some kind of mm. how much is helpful? Up to you. Mm. But being a bit choosy about it, so at least we can, you know, contemplate quality with our eyes, space, the sky beauty of nature, calm, stillness of people sitting, signs that help to trigger signs of spaciousness and comfort and friendliness, safety. So externally, you know, sense doors opened, and then with that mediating influence, sense doors have to be open at some time. Mind door is always open. So in the example, you know, it's even a very simple thing like sitting, getting totally engrossed with crazy thoughts, just open your eyes. Stillness, steadiness, stone, wood, bodies. Pick up the sign. You know, this isn't about a blanket annihilation of senses, but skillful mediation. Mm. Turning to where you'll get the support. The ear listening to silence. When things get emotionally very rocky, another helpful base to turn to, sense door. 
and of course the body. And even within this body we experience the twinges and pains and aches and cramping. And select the sign, the upright, the spinal, the axis, from the base to the top. through the neck, skull, top of the scalp, all the way down, tailbone, ground, or if you're standing, feet. They're generally not, they're not uncomfortable. You You can, you know, if you angle, just subtly use your muscles to angle the body and that upright axis is uh, it's very steady, connecting to the ground, connecting to the sky. And by dwelling upon that, the twinges and the aches become peripheral. Maybe there, but they're kind of no longer invading the chitta. Mm. Breathing, of course. You know, but just to recognize there's a whole sort of potentials of where one can focus that go beyond any particular specified technique, such as mindfulness of breathing, which is my fundamental baseline I go back to is that, but that's not the only thing. And, you know, so you know, okay, if you want that sense of looking for a sign that's steady, not afflicted by negative impressions, then that upright axis will do. Helps the body to be unconstricted, not compressed, not leaning over, not contracted. That takes some of the negative energy out of it. Expanded body. Then the lateral axis across the shoulders, the hips, feeling the space around. Just that. It's not that refined, really. Holding it. Noticing if that sign of, oh, this is stabilizing. This is not complicated. Ah, and sustaining that sign of the stable and not complicated. The complication energies the fabrications are not being fed, they begin to wane and dwindle because they're not being stimulated. And that, and suddenly things that are not particularly pleasing suddenly don't really matter. They don't create the same sense of reactions and 
escalation and oppression and overwhelm that they might do if I gave attention to them. Mm. And one cultivates like this. So when you're standing, walking, sitting, even reclining, soles of the feet, crown of the head, align between the two, open the body. Quite quiet. Not involved with because the axis isn't involved with sense contact. It's not affected by the weather. And just that open body helps some of these constricted energies that can feel so get so oppressive and established to ease up. It's like a you could say it's a kind of like almost a subtle massage of the inner body, of the energy body, a subtle body, which can get very tight or stagnant or imbalanced. You don't want to fiddle around with that. You want to just create a frame or allow it to do its thing and work itself out. Mm. So just avoid too much tweaking and probing and fussing because all that still carries energy and putting energy into systems that are already energy is a problem it's already you know contorted or constricted or stagnant you just trust the body the stabilizing presence of the body to do its work and jitta will begin to sense that sign and withdraw from the complexities and even the body's Neural sense will begin to sense, oh, there's a steady, safe place, let's go there. And that withdrawal happens both psychologically, even neurologically. Mm. <coughs> and, and, you know, something, yeah, if I focus on it, yeah, that is uncomfortable, but it's not a problem. learning this and just learning that sign and that skill maybe the jitta begins to pick up something because when the jitta itself begins to feel that firmness and steadiness and how did that come around withdrawing attending looking for the correct sign this is the learning program Jitta, wake up. <laughs> you know? Because then this is not no longer just purely a bodily matter, it's a whole emotional and psychological matter. Mm. And so in a way the jitta and the body, in terms of intelligence, work upon very similar lines, maybe even same network. There was a recognized, you know, sense of calming is is often associated with the body relaxes. Brightening the body straightens up. Those are we say emotional, but these are jitter qualities. The uncontracted, the undistracted, the unscattered, the non-fragmented, the non-frenzied. 
We're training this because to train in this because so much kind of embedded ignorance, or I wouldn't say such a pejorative term, but not getting the point, getting out of touch, losing touch, avidya, not seeing, vedana, not feeling it, not getting it, not knowing it. When something bothers me, I go on to it, get more bothered by it. I pick up the sign of agitation and get agitated about how agitated I am. Then I get annoyed with myself for feeling so agitated and I blame somebody for making it that way. <laughs> and then the thing just then, then it keeps coming back. Keeps coming you've got a hot spot, you feel a hot spot, go to the hot spot and get heated about it. <laughs> and this is you think actually put it like that, this is pretty stupid, isn't it? <laughs> But what we, when we get heated about it, we say, but I'm right, and he shouldn't have, and they're just wrong. And it, it comes with these very convincing sounds in one's head. <laughs> the psychologies of right and wrong and justice and this and shouldn't, and then, and then, and, you know. And, then and sometimes it creates, sometimes it creates these scenarios which are really distorted, you know, scenarios. I, I, Certainly living in, well, living with other people and being a people, being one of the people, people. <laughs> Just noticing this kind of pantomime worlds one can create over, you know, everybody hates me or I'm a failure or, you know, um, da, 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 you know, these are, you know, whatever kind of things one can create over people. Like picking and then getting reactive to it. And then fighting with a reaction. And then trying to suppress the fighting. And then blaming yourself. This whole escalation. Because what happened, you didn't get the point where it begins is when the feeling surges and it goes into these hurt places, this is not the time or the <laughs> to give attention to that. It doesn't mean, you know, censoring, blanket, don't give attention to it, as, you know, but instead, get your intention to, this, this quality needs to be held carefully. That's your intention, it's not shut up. This quality, the hot spot, needs to be held carefully, felt, sensed, listened to, maybe, Find the steady place and let the sense of the steady place stand there next to the hot place. Let energy, calming, steady energy, not trying to make anything happen, just sense the two and see what happens. when that hot spot begins to drain. Mm. And that isn't happening necessarily happens in a, in a in an hour. But I 
see and I'm sometimes saddened and shocked by how long people can hold grievances, grudges, wounds, you know, that have over the years not healed at all but actually increased because they keep going to it and believing in it and thinking about it and confabulating it and it builds up to be like a, a cancer that's eating them becomes a demon that's, that's eating them up and we fed it with our righteousness or our, our so-called clarity But bear in mind, when things seem utterly clear, when you think, when you see things around you that seem utterly clear, when you have objects in your mind that seem utterly clear, be careful, because nothing is clear. Everything is dumb as a changeable, dumb as shift and move. Uh, we live in a world of potentials that can form Nothing is absolutely solid or clear. No opinion, no view is absolutely right or wrong. So when things seem certain, it means it's not certain. It means what's certain is you're getting stuck. That's my motto. Check it out. If your intention is towards liberation, you know, if you want to fight, sure. But if your intention is towards liberation, all dhammas arise, pass, shifting, changing. When they start to become phenomena, become solid when attention is mesmerized by them. Mm. It's said in the Satipatthana teachings, um, with the ceasing of attention, there is the fading out of mind, of dhammas. With the ceasing of attention, the fading out of dhammas the passing of dhammas, the breaking up, the dissolving of dhammas, with a ceasing of attention. You may think, what? No, no attention? Means don't be aware, don't be wakeful? No, that's not what is meant by attention. Attention is the, is the data pointer, the one that confabulates specific detail. And how attractive that is, how necessary it is for our normal functioning life. But we are data overloaded. You know, there's so much potential data, you need never be without some conceptual input. And quite a bit is necessary, isn't it? But if it's not necessary, Check it out. Don't be hungry for more than you need.
Go be lean on it. Just what you need. And maybe some days you need, then okay, this evening do I need? No. Then learn to um, how does attention cease? You go from the point object to the field. Very using a simple image, you know, we can go from looking at the detail in the room to the whole room. You know, simple image, simple presentation on that. You can look at a detail on the floor or a person or something. And you feel that sharpening up, and then you can just go to the whole room in one shot, whole room, all the, all the objects of attention go fuzzy. Not you can't see, you just don't see anything. You just see but the things, the thinginess goes very fuzzy. And that's just a, I don't think it's quite simple actually, it's not particularly profound. But then, <laughs> yeah, it's good effect. Right. I mean, many years ago, I used to wear, used to wear glasses and I think one time I broke them, so I had to be without them for a, until they got a new pair. And after I really liked, I really liked the fuzziness better. Because <laughs> it got me in a better state of mind. Because <laughs> I couldn't get so nitpicky around things, I couldn't see them. <laughs> so I know I haven't worn them since. <laughs> So things are always a bit fuzzy for me. I actually don't need to see that much, really. Oh, I don't walk into trees or stumble over people. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah. I generally hold things close to my nose when I want to see them. And the ability just to not see things that well. And so the mind is going, oh. But then le- learning that in terms of the mind is much more, <laughs> takes a bit more subtlety, more care, doesn't it? So you need to have that, first of all, that ability to find the stability, a stable place, a sign that stabilizes in a comfortable way, doesn't require a massive constriction of willpower or attention, just resting back into that. And from there, the details suddenly are no longer the emotional uh, effectiveness is not getting fed because you're attending to a sign that's pretty calm and nothing special. So the emotional velocity, emotional temperature cools, and that cooling, the chitta, is released to some degree from the emotional pressure of intensity and feeling oppressed and feeling pushed and feeling excited released from that just that little bit of relief oh and then feel the quality of that degree of release and then go into that release experience that there's a dimension there there's actually almost like a subtle substance you could call it give attention to that linger in that as you linger in it, it begins to grow. Because the jitter is calmed and made 
whole and peaceful by that and it likes that in a sense that quality of the released element the element if you like it's called an element just like earth, air, fire, water the element of, of release or the Nibbana element or deathless element I don't want to get too technical about that sense something is not getting wound up jitter that is one pointed on freeing up liberation oh, that's, that's, that's nice it feels comfortable it will tend to increase by itself you don't have to pump it so there's liberation that occurs through a certain act of the will which is to just hold back, stop, wait a minute, and hold on that one, (laughs) and turn that way, then there's liberation which occurs without will, which is when that sign is established, and attending to it, and then there's other stuff, the real, uh, well, the real, but that development happens just in terms of nature, if there is that interest in liberation. So it says, with Nibbana as object, one cultivates samadhi with nibbana as object, with release as object. It means object both as an aim and inclination, and then actually beginning to discern there is an experienceable quality that is released. You know, it's not every, you know, every, but there's a little. I got a sliver of it. It's going to that, and, and it rest in it and it begins to open by itself and that's the kind of principle of cultivation is because it's enjoyable and the heart is pleased by it there's no more you don't need more willpower to do it it begins to kind of bear fruit cultivation you plant the plant you protect it from the rabbits you know keep tending it and it does the fruiting you can't drag tomatoes off of, out of greenness but they will the green will unfold to create those and that's, that's beautiful yeah. because in that the kind of sense of the organising tweaking frigiting fretful oppressed neat self just that you know one has sympathy for that, but you know, let's get off that track. <laughs> you know, I'm just constantly fiddling around with it. It's not going to do the job. <laughs> but it's not about suppressing. It's going to the, the fundamental energetic problem. Feeling attracts. Don't, we're not even. We don't like it intellectually. It has this power to pull our energy because it is an energy. And then you want to create a counterpose to the, the qualities of stable energy that helps to act as a keel, a, a counterbalance. So the, the pulling, directive, agitating energy is, is contained and there's a, there's a, that's held as a kind of transmission. begins to occur from the steady, which has actually got more power to it. 
because it's not going anywhere. It's got that rock, that steadiness, and then that begins a transmission of that to these places in our chitta which are inflamed or sore. There's a compassion in that. This is how this you know, samadhi, um, the four satipatthana are called the nimitta of samadhi. Nimitta means, of course, it's one of those words that become kind of a bit complicated, the way that words do and the way we work with words, but a mark, a sign, a foundation. We have nimitta stones, they establish a particular boundary. So the four foundations of sati, mindfulness, establish the boundary of the temple within which we contemplate the forces of nature as they move, arise, pass, change. We maintain the temple. Mm. Yeah. So for this peer reflection, and something useful in that.